Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us, from the Florida Recycling Partnership Foundation, Kina Corey. Welcome, Kina. Thanks, Lee. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Florida Recycling Partnership Foundation. How are you serving folks? We are an organization. It's really a coalition of your top Florida companies and associations. And our whole mission is to educate policymakers, business leaders, and the general public about the benefits of recycling. So now everybody, I think, has been recycling, at least going through the motion of recycling for a while now. Um, Can you tell us about recycling and and maybe stuff that we don't understand or we don't appreciate? Well, I think people want to recycle too much. They say, oh, everything can be recycled, but not really. So we really kind of focus on a, a, a small selective group of items that we know that there's markets for and that people can easily recycle. So what does that include? That's paper and cardboard and making sure that you've got your cardboard boxes because we were all, you know, with the pandemic, we were getting a lot of things through Amazon or delivered at your your home. Uh, Make sure those boxes are are flattened and then uh, tape pulled off of them if possible. So your paper and your cardboard and then aluminum and steel cans and your bottles, such as uh, water bottles or the bottles like for shampoo, anything that's got a small neck on it. Um, it could be detergent, things of that nature. All of those, as long as they're clean, dry, and put into your recycling bin for your house, those are the items that we want. And then, uh, so I guess people have just gotten into the habit of in their recycling bin, they're just throwing anything that isn't like obviously garbage. Then they think, yeah. oh, that's recyclable. Exactly. And what that's called is contamination. A lot of times when I start to use the word contamination, people think, oh, radioactive or something really icky. Well, no, contamination, when you put it into a recycling bin, just means the things that don't belong there. And in other words, solid waste or garbage. So um, you have to think twice. So when you say paper, a lot of people say, oh, well, I've got a paper towel here that I've used. Let me throw that in there. No, that's not good. Uh, People think plastic bags are recyclable. They are, but not in your curbside bin. So we train people or teach people to take them to your local retailers. Uh, For example, in the Southeast, Publix is a a member of ours and and, uh, has a great program that if you walk up to the front of their store, they have three bins sitting there and one of them's for paper bags, one of them's for plastic bags, and the other one's for like those foam cartons where you get your eggs or your vegetables sometimes in. Um, if those are all clean and dry, they want those back because they sell them and they uh, recycle those and they become other uh, materials. Now, um, in your career, were you always involved in recycling or were you involved in um, kind of this kind of organizational leadership? What, what's your kind of backstory? So I am really a lobbyist too. I I wear two hats. I'm also president of public affairs uh, consultants. And so I have lobbied for the solid waste and the recycling industry for 30 some odd years. And yes, I did start when I was very young. Thank you for asking. Um, But I had an opportunity back in 2010 where, uh, I'm sorry, 2013, where um, Steve Lesman from PepsiCo came to me and they said that they had this organization at that time called the Florida Recycling Partnership that had uh, been used only for a little bit of time to try to educate some policymakers regarding, you know, the the problems with a plastic bag bans or the problems with um, 
deposits on plastic bottles and, and glass bottles. And he asked me if I would take it over and take it back to its original um, mission to educate and, and to uh, supply different types of sum, sum, um, summits and, and meetings and newsletters and things of that nature to educate people on what to recycle and how to recycle. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been talking trash uh, and getting paid to talk trash for over 35 years. And now I get to talk about recycling and love it. Now is, is something is like recycling when it first started happening, people are like, Oh, now I have to separate my stuff. And now it's kind of ubiquitous, I think in most people's homes, but there's still this challenge of really educating people on the kind of what is appropriate and how to, to best kind of uh, do it in the most productive and effective way. Correct. So when we first started off curbside recycling, you've got a couple of bins. You've got one bin that was usually for your aluminum cans, steel cans, and your bottles. And then you had another bin that was for your newspapers, cardboards, um, um, and, and op, you know, office paper or that type of thing. Um, to make things easier, we went to something instead of what we call dual stream there to a single stream. And we gave you a bigger cart and we put wheels on it to make it so much easier for you so that you could put more stuff in there. Well, unfortunately, some people said, yay, thank you for that new cart. Let me you know, use it as a second garbage can. And that wasn't the, the goal of the mission at all. What we wanted you to do is to recycle more and put them into that, that container. Um, so it's, it's still a, a big challenge to um, teach people about that. We have a contamination rate. Again, remember that's, that means that you're putting garbage into your recyclables about 25% here in the state of Florida. Uh, we've gone to our material recovery facilities, which we finally call MRFs, and, uh, and gathered their numbers. Uh, the foundation did a study with the University of Florida on that last year, and we found that, you know, 25% that's going to a recycling center shouldn't, and it's costing you, uh, as a, a Floridian, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars um, just by putting the wrong things in, into the wrong bins. Um, some people say, well, how do you come up with that number? And I'll give you an example of the city of Tampa, and they have a great YouTube um, uh, feature on this, and you need to go and look at it sometimes, but they show a, a truck coming into their MRF, that material re recovery facility, and dumping the load, and that should be just bottles, cans, um, you know, the, the plastics, things of that nature. They dump it out, and they start sorting things over in different piles. Um, all of a sudden, you look over, and about half of that load is garbage. It's people putting baby diapers in there. They're putting plastic bags. They're putting all kinds of other things that don't belong in those bins over to the side. So what happens to that material? You have to call that gar you have to call a garbage truck because it was a recycling truck that dumped that. Now you have to call a garbage truck to come pick that up. Somebody's got to sweep it into the truck, get it loaded, and it has to go to a landfill where it's de where it's um, deposited. It's, it's dumped, and then that costs a fee too. So by the time you have the personnel to sweep everything up, the garbage truck to come and pick it up and take it to the landfill, the disposal fee at the landfill, it costs about $1,000 a truck. And that's happening every single day. So we need just to tell people that if you recycle right and you recycle the right things, it's going to save money overall. And that's the thing that people, I don't think they're doing it maliciously. They just don't understand the consequence of not kind of taking that extra step to clean things out and to put the right things in the bin. And um, they don't understand, you know, they're feeling good about themselves for thinking they are recycling, but they're not really appreciating kind of these unattended consequences of not taking that extra step. Exactly. And local governments in Florida, local governments are the ones that determine 
what you recycle. So they do contracts with their recycling uh, company that's going to do the collection and then the, the, with the MRFs and, and they sell the materials from there. Um, so every city and, and county may be a little different, but like I said, if we really um, took a, a great pride in recycling those materials, that paper, that cardboard, those aluminum cans, steel cans, and those plastics, uh, plastic bottles, the PET bottles, and those detergent bottles, things of that nature. Um, if we, we recycled a lot of that, we would be doing great. Those are all materials that can go right back into new materials. Um, aluminum cans can be recycled indefinitely. I mean, they're, they're constantly, Anheuser-Busch is one of our, our members, and they actually have a, a plant um, that's in Jacksonville. It's called Material um, Container Corp. And they make the aluminum cans and the aluminum bottles for not only their products, but for um, some soft drink uh, groups and all energy drinks, things of that nature. And they have a 100% recycling rate there because they, every little scrap of metal that comes out of there, they sweep up, they take, they send back to the mills that aluminum's uh, melted down and reused again. So um, it's things like that, that if we get people just to focus on the good stuff, don't try to recycle everything because it's not. Uh, if you have um, any other kind of uh, materials that you're trying to get rid of, instead of sending it to a landfill, why not, if it's in good shape, donate it. Goodwill's, uh, of, uh, Goodwill, Florida Goodwill Association is one of our members, and they'll take all these materials back. They want those shoes that you don't want to wear anymore, or those clothes that you might have uh, outgrown thanks to the, the pandemic. Um, I think we've all put on a pound or two, so I noticed some of my pants are a little tight. I might have to go back into my closet and pull out some things and donate. But instead of sending those to a landfill, those can be uh, recycled. You think of it this way, because there's three R's to recycling. There's the reduction of waste, reusing materials whenever possible. So that's what you would be doing when you donate to Goodwill. And then the recycling part of it, we're taking those materials and making them into new items. Now, we're talking a lot about how this affects the consumer, but in business, this is an important consideration as well, right? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it's amazing because we do a lot of work with different uh, businesses and going in and saying, okay, how can we help you recycle better? And and you don't have to ha have anything fancy. I mean, when we did the Anheuser-Busch tour a couple of years ago, um, and they had they had a program going, it's even better than what it was then, but they just had regular boxes there with a sign that was done on a computer and that says cans, and they had an arrow pointing down into that box. You know, you, you could really figure out where your can or your bottles were going to go. Paper, they had another thing for it and then a little arrow going down into these boxes. It doesn't need to be big, fancy containers, but if you want big, fancy containers, that's great too. Just make sure people know what needs to go in them. Um, and making sure that they're labeled properly. Uh, some people won't use, they don't call them trash can or garbage cans anymore. They call them landfill cans to make people think whatever you put into this can, it's going to a landfill. So that's your food waste. And those are the items that you can't recycle. And that's, that's fine. We, we want those to go to a landfill. But if you've got things that you can really recycle, you can, you can take that and um, um, really train your employees and, and your, even your customers that if they come into the store and they've got an aluminum can, here's a place for it. Or if there's a, a, a plastic water bottle, there's a place for it. Now, in your work, is it um, more geared to getting the consumer's behavior changed? Or, or is it, uh, do you have a bigger impact when you're working with these enterprise-level organizations that create tons of waste? They're both. So we're, we're focused on, on general public as well. Uh, we actually did a project where we went into the Florida State Capitol and we put in special containers 
that look like big water bottles or big soda dot bottles. And we have them wrapped with a, um, uh, around the bottom of it with a sign that says rethink, reset, recycle. And that's a program that we worked on with the Department of Environmental Protection um, to educate people. To, to really rethink about what you're recycling, reset your recycling habits, and then make sure that you recycle the appropriate materials. And there's a great website that you can go and download all these materials for free. And they were made for local governments um, that they you could just put your, your county or city logo on it and then distribute it to your uh, residents. Um, it could also be used for a company. It could be used for a homeowners association. It could be used for an apartment. It could be used for a sorority or fraternity house. Um, so there were a lot of opportunities to do things of that nature. So there's, um, we try to talk to the public about, you know, what you're doing at home uh, with your recycling, what you're doing at work. Uh, not only are you doing um, like the basics of what your employees would be recycling, but are you doing a good job as a company if you are receiving a ton of boxes, if you're receiving a ton of, of uh, plastic film, are you taking that plastic film, separating it out, and then making sure that that's picked up uh, by a broker that would want that material. Um, we, we are doing a wrap program too. Um, it's called wrap, but it's a, a wrap uh, action recycling program where all that plastic film, whether it's a plastic bag or the film that goes over your newspaper that's being delivered or you know the film that goes over your dry cleaning all the way to the film that goes around your toilet paper and your paper towels. We want that material back. And so you can take that to a Publix if you're you know, an individual, but if you're a company that's receiving a lot of shipment of goods and things of that nature, make sure that you take that, that wrap, put it to the side and get a broker to come and pick that up. Um, same thing for um, styrofoam. Um, and, and people will say, well, gee, isn't this going to cost me a lot of money? And I got a great story for Rooms to Go where they actually made money on it, where John Zapata um, went to his CEO and said, you know, we've got a lot of materials here that I think we could recycle. Can I put in a recycling program in, in place? And, and the CEO being responsible said, absolutely, John. He says, but, you know, try to keep costs down as much as possible, but do the right thing. Um, within a couple of years, they made a, a million dollars off the recycling program by selling that cardboard, by selling that wrap, by selling the wood that they have. They put actually were able to buy equipment to put into their distribution centers so that they can continue to pull that material out. So it's not going to a landfill. It's going um, back to a recycler and it's, it's being used again. Yeah, that's an amazing story about just reframing what it is you have instead of looking at it as a liability, it becomes an asset in some ways. Right. And recyclable materials are commodities. So the price is going to fluctuate. So sometimes cardboard is really a, at a, a good price. Um, and right now it is really pretty a good price because there was actually a little bit of a shortage. You, you know, you saw some uh, grocery shelves that were a little empty during the pandemic and people were thinking, oh, why aren't they manufacturing more? Well, they may have been manufacturing more. They just didn't have boxes to put it in to ship it. Uh, because the, the cardboard was really being picked up more through um, companies, you know, whether it was a, um, a, a business center, things of that nature, that's where they were getting their cardboard. Now they had to shift over and try to collect that from residential. And, and we had a lot of the residents just not knowing, they, they just didn't think about how can I recycle this cardboard. They were just putting other garbage into it and putting it on the curb because they had so much because you were home a little bit more than what you thought. So um, it was one of those things that we had to reset our mind and start thinking about how can we get all that cardboard back? 
Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of different opportunities. And, and then one of the areas that we haven't touched on yet is what do you do when you're, when you're on the go? Now that we're actually kind of getting back out in our cars and we're going to go to the parks and we're going to go to the beaches and we're going to go to um, the marinas. Um, what do you do when you show up into a place and there's no recycling container there? We're trying to work with uh, different organizations to get more recycling containers into uh, uh, open spaces. Um, but we're always um, through the um, Department of uh, Transportation and Keep Florida Beautiful, uh, we promote that drive at home program where we want people to put a reusable bag in their car. And so you're out, you've got your bottle of water, you finished it, you just turn around and put it in your bag. And then when you get home, you can uh, put it in your recycling bin there as well. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunities. We're looking at, to, you know, how can we get some more recycling bins uh, at uh, uh, rest centers, like I said, parks, um, different places of that nature. And you're seeing more and more convenience stores. Wawa's doing a wonderful job uh, at a convenience store where they're putting recycling bins right there when you're pumping your gas. And I love Wawa. Their coffee is the best. Uh, their gas is great prices. And as I go in there and grab my cup of coffee and I go out and pump my gas, if I've got a couple of cans or bottles, I've got a container right there that's purely, you know, it's labeled correctly that I know I can put my bottles and cans in there. And then if I have a little trash, they've got a trash can right next to it as well. So we're, we're, we're trying to think of all three sides so that you've got your recycling at home, your recycling at work, and your recycling at play. Now let's talk a little bit about um, the association itself. Um, how did the pandemic impact kind of the day-to-day operations of the association? Was that a challenge for you? Like, did you have to go remote? And if if so, was that the first time that you all did something like that? It was. Uh, we like going out and doing things. Uh, we like going to different our, different. Uh, members locations and learning how they recycle and learning from other experts. So uh, matter of fact, when I first took over the job, I went to a beautiful hotel in Tampa back in 2013, 14, I guess it was. And I did a seminar and I had great speakers. I had a nice crowd, great lunch. And when I totaled up everything at the end of it, I think I might've made a hundred bucks at that. And my board was happy. It was a great program. It didn't cause, you know, we didn't go in the red on it. And I started looking at the list of members and I went, you know what, we need to, instead of going to nice hotels and there's, you know, I love my hotelers, you know, hoteliers, uh, but let's think about something else, a way of doing it. So we moved over to like the Miami Marlins and we did one of our events, our first remote events with them. Um, so we learned about how they were doing their recycling programs and their different sustainability programs. Uh, we did our um, educational sessions where the, um, uh, press room. So, you know, normally where the press would be sitting, that's where our attendees would sit. And then there's a small stage where they would normally put players. That's where our presenters would sit and, 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 and you know, do their, their sessions. Then we had uh, lunch in the private uh, press room. And then we got a tour, behind the scenes tour of everything. We saw people love that. So we continued to do that. We went to Port Everglades. We went to Kennedy Space Center. We went to Anheuser-Busch. We had so much fun. We went there twice. You can imagine why. Um, we went to Camping World Stadium in Orlando. We went to Tampa, uh, the Port Tampa Bay, uh, Bell's corporate offices in, in Sarasota. Um, we also went to Tropicana. Um, I know I'm probably missing somebody, but you know those are the types of things that we go to the different... Uh, members locations that it can be a non-member as well too and then learn how they are recycling and then bring other people in to talk about other things that would that would pertain to that company 
you know, how, how they were reusing things, you know, how did they handle their paper? How did they handle their bottles? How did they, how did they, what did they do with their uh, waste from the manufacturing process? What could that, what could they do with that to make it, you know, more use? So, you know, with the pandemic, we couldn't do that. So I had to kind of shift gears. Um, and so we did um, a, a little bit more remote type of deal. We do something special every year with the Florida, uh, Florida Department of Environmental Protection called Florida Recycles Week. We started off in the very beginning Florida Recycles Day at the Capitol, and it got to be so popular that this would be our second year. So in 2019, we did a whole week where we highlighted what to, to you know, recycle. Governor Ron DeSantis did a proclamation for us for the week, and we had to do that one remotely this past time. And you know what? It worked. Um, we also decided that we would, instead, since we couldn't go to certain companies and, and do our events there, we created a, a 2020 uh, Recycling Champion Award program, and we had five great winners. Um, we had Anheuser-Busch, we had Darpro that does a great job of recycling like uh, food waste, grease, things of that nature. We had uh, Keep Tampa Beautiful. Um, they do a great job with like the beads from their uh, Mardi Gras deal. It's not Mardi Gras, it's the Gasparilla Parade. Uh, and they also collect uh, fishing wire, things of that nature. Sarasota County um, had just released a great recycling program, Curtside, that was outstanding. And then Florida State University, um, they have a great recycling program as well. So we, we had an application out, asked for nominations. We, had, we got a lot of nominations. Uh, I asked the University of Florida, there's a graduate uh, course there on environmental issues and especially with the solid waste and recycling. So a group of graduate students uh, went through and ranked them. And so we had our five winners and that we let them do a presentation. So once again, that's that learning peer to peer kind of, of, of presentations and learning what they're doing. So I think we're gonna continue definitely with our, um, our Florida Recycles Week. We're gonna continue with our uh, champions, Recycling Champions program, but we are gonna get out in the field finally in October with Tervis. I know you've heard of Tervis tumblers. Sure. And so October, we're gonna be down at their plant. Um, they have an excellent recycling rate and most of their materials are made from recycled materials. Now, it sounds like that this is a uh, cause that even competitors are happy to share best practices that it's kind of um, everybody wins when everybody, you know, participates and does this right. So it sounds like you have a lot of opportunity for people who might be in competing industries in their day-to-day -day life that are all kind of working together and pulling together to, to solve this problem. Exactly. You know, you look at the beverage industry, that's very competitive. But yet we have um, Pepsi, Tropicana, we have um, Coca-Cola uh, Coca Beverages Florida, and we have um, Keurig Dr. Pepper and uh, Niagara bottling. So you've got, you know, an International Bottle, International Bottled Water Association. So you've got five groups that you would normally think of being competitors that all come together to say, hey, we, we want those bottles back. We want people to recycle those bottles, whether they're plastic bottles or glass bottles. We want people to do that. So we come together as a group. They, if they want to compete in the marketplace, that's them and they go for it. But when we come or sit around the table talking about recycling and sustainability efforts, they are all talk together. And it's, I love it. It's a lot of fun. So now what do you need more of? How can we help? Do you need more kind of corporate partners? Do you need more um, kind of consumers just to be aware of the message? Um, yes. So we, um, our, our board's limited. So our members are limited. 
um, we the, they started off wanting to only have 30 members, and right now we have 26 members. Um, I started off with five five members and a thousand dollars in a checking account, and they said, "Here you go, go raise your money to pay yourself <laughs> and grow your membership and all this other jazz." And I went, "Okay, I can do this." Um, and I had such a great board; they got behind me. They brought in other members. Uh, we were able to raise money, and 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 now we're doing very well as a foundation. Um, so <laughs> we're looking for a couple of more either a corporation or uh, an association that would like to, to be a part of this. Um, we also wanna make sure that we're, we're doing the right educational programs. Um, we've got one coming up next, next no, yeah, next month. I, I can't believe it, you know, April's already, what are we, April the 9th. But on the 18th of May, 18th and 19th, we're gonna be doing a two day uh, webinar with the Environmental Protection Agency talking about the National Recycling Strategy Plan. And what they've put into place so that we can start, you know, bringing information back down to Florida and seeing how it affects Florida and what can we do, what other tools are out there that we can use to educate, you know, the, the residents, what else can we do to educate um, the business, the business community out there. And then, you know, how can we increase infrastructure for those materials coming in, i.e. those MRFs, those material recovery facilities. Uh, some of them had not been updated in years, and, and you have private sector and public sector that owns those. You're seeing that more of our private sector is really stepping up. Uh, single stream recyclers in, in uh, Sarasota, for example, uses robots. Uh, they have a robotic system in there where that'll click, you know, they actually pluck out the, the good things that they want on one line and another line they have them that they're pushing things off the line that they don't want. Um, so it's fascinating to watch, but you're seeing um, that they're, the recycling is getting a little bit more high tech and we're going to see a lot of changes and improvements on there, but you, you don't have recycling unless you have markets. And so that's the third part of this. So you have education, you have to have your infrastructure in place so that you make sure that you're getting good quality materials to recycle. And then those markets, if you, if you don't, if you're not selling and reusing those materials, if you're, you know, if they're not being reused, it's not recycling. So it doesn't matter what bin you put it in. So we've got to make sure that we keep those, um, those markets robust. And we've got some, some great plastics companies that are out there, paper companies that are doing a great job. So we just need to make sure that we support them. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to learn more, maybe have a substantive conversation with somebody on your team, is there a website, like a central location to learn more? Absolutely. We're at uh, flrecycling.org. And then uh, the company phone number is area code 850-728-1054. And my email address, and you can email me anytime if you have a question or need more information, is Kena, that's K-E-Y-N-A, at flrecycling.org. Well, Kena, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Lee, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being with you today. All right. We will see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio.